All right, welcome back to the Boys of 161st Street, episode 75. This is going to be a little bit of a more of a fun episode. We don't really have that much news to talk about, so we'll scrunch together and get something to talk about. But we're going to preview and open our new series. We're going to start talking about each position on the Yankees. We're starting with catcher tonight. We're going to take a deep dive into all of the little things, like who we think is going to start, potential free agents in uh, the catcher position around the league, potential trades, literally anything to do with the catcher position. We're going to talk so much about it that you guys will no longer want to hear anything about catchers until the season starts. So without further ado, let's get to it. So the first thing I wanted to talk about, this happened a couple days ago, but how about Clinton Geo? Well, Geo a little more, see, they're both kind of surprising in their own right, because, you know, everybody says the analytics don't agree with Geo, and he's like not a good fielder based on whatever analytics you look at, because he's slow or whatever. And then obviously the Clint thing is just worst defender, doesn't have any trade value, nobody wants him. DH could possibly be his only position from here on out, and I, I don't know. We don't have room as a DH, and then he goes out and he has a year where now he's just obviously is is a finalist for a Gold Glove in right field, going up against what was it Gallo and Anthony Santander, and that just blows my mind. That that I'm just good for Clint. Without speech, I am I am without speech. It's talk about turnaround. There, there. I don't think there's any other story that's like the worst to the best like like this before. I, I, I honestly can't even think of one where like we were tr- thinking about trading Clinton Frazier for the sole purpose that he could not feel, and that was degrading his trade value value even. And now he comes out and might fuck around with a gold glove. I don't care if it's a shortened season. I don't give a shit. It, it's it's remarkable, and I don't know. I, he has a fucking decent chance of winning it too. I don't know. I haven't heard much about Joey Gallo or Anthony Santander as of recently. So maybe they just haven't had these big plays or whatever, or maybe I just haven't been attention to out of league games, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, when you look at Clint, he's got, see, like he has the tools to be a good defender. He just was, how many tools he got? I don't know. I can't count the tools out, but he definitely has an arm. That's one. I can't count one. the tools. He's got one, one tool. tool. I mean, the only thing that was always his bugaboo was just, you know, running into walls and being concussed. And now that that's kind of figured itself out, we talked about this before uh, the season even started, why we had a little bit more faith. We're a big Clint Frazier pod. Obviously, you guys know that. But, I mean, the kid can play, and I really didn't think that his prior struggles in the field were any indication of the player that he actually is. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me, seeing this is a shock, but it's not that. It, it, it's a shock because it's across the whole league. But yeah. it's not a shock that he played at the caliber he was. It's, it is a shock to me that he's getting the recognition that he is. That's that's what's shocking to me. But that's a good point. We, we've said before that, I mean, he is a good player. Obviously, a great hitter. That was never a question. But, I mean, he does have, when you look at the raw attributes of a fielder, 
He's he's a fast. He's a not fast, but he's an above average. He's definitely not slow. He's got a very good arm, and it's just it was a young player having some jitters, and I think he's figured that out. Definitely figured that out, and I mean, with a concussion too. And then, I mean that I think that was it. I think and, and now I mean he's a guy who you talk about uh, running with it and just like running with the confidence and everything like that. He's somebody who. Like he, he gets he gets so in his own head, but when you're in a finalist for a position now, like this is great positive reassurance for Clint that hey, I can actually do this, you know. Like and that goes for him, the type of player that he is, that goes a long way, especially yeah. going into next year being the, I mean, for all intents and purposes, we've heard is the starter. We know the little shit that went down with Guardy at the end of the season, but you, you can assume that Clint is going to be the starter on opening day and for the majority of the season next year. We don't even know if Gardner's going to be on the team. So let's operate under the assumption that I'm going to follow what, what Boone said and he's going to be the starter. But, I mean, yeah, I, I have a lot of confidence. I've had confidence in Clint, and I have a lot of confidence going into next year, especially building off this and his already good offense. Let's just say for you know talking purposes, Clint Frazier fucks Ryan wins a cold glove. And we go into next season, and he is not the starting left fielder. I'm going to lose my shit because the main reason he is always sat, substituted for, not started, is mainly because of his fielding. Defensive replacements for Brett Gardner comes in. Maybe a lefty-righty matchup, he'll come in. But the main reason that he gets subbed out for is his fielding. And if he goes out and wins a gold glove, who's going to tell him he can't go out and field like that? That's literally everyone else in the league telling you, Hey, you can field, you should be playing. And if Boone says no, and just continues to rattle around this idea that the lefty ready is more important and that Brett Garner should be out there and not Clinton Frazier. I'm losing my goddamn mind because Clinton Frazier is going up in the hitting attributes and Brett Garner is going down and the hitting attributes and probably the fielding attributes too. So if that doesn't happen, I'm going to lose my shit because I mean, he is checking all the boxes, he's checking all the boxes. You bring up a good point because I mean, the decision now, I mean, let's Gardner played a lot this year. Gardner played a lot of outfield this year. Is he going up for a gold glove? No. So, I mean, the league has now decided that Clint is a better fielder than Brett. That, yeah. that used to be the reason why Brett would get in over Clint. So now when you look at that at face value right now, you're thinking this is the easiest fucking decision ever for Boone. And this is honestly, I mean, it's retroactive to last year. It's proving that Boone made the bad decision. And we were right the entire year saying that Clint should be starting over Brett and it's not a matter of defense. And this is just reassuring that we are better managers than Boone. Obviously, that is, I was going to say not the case, but it may. Who knows? Yeah. That's, that's up to interpretation. I'm willing to argue. But, but I mean, it's just true. I mean, he's just clearly a good defender he's obviously the better hitter and we can't change the past yeah it doesn't matter about i mean the i think over clint last year but obviously going forward there is no reason at all unless clint gets concussed clint should be out there in yeah. left field right field wherever it is left field probably is where he's going to be obviously stanton's not playing the outfield and we have Hicks, who's hopefully going to be healthy, and Judge is obviously hopefully going to be healthy. But that's a good outfield. That's a damn good outfield. Clinton left, Hicks in center, Judge in right. That should be an outfield for the future as well, if you look at it. 
Yeah. We're probably, I mean, a lot of people say, like, you don't know Judge's future with the team. I don't see him not being a Yankee. I know the injury stuff and everything to do with that is up in the air. And, you know, JJ wants to trade him and get whatever for him. But I don't, I don't see him not being a Yankee for all that he is off the field and just is to the team. I, I don't see it. So I, I really think this is the outfield going forward for years to come. And I'm damn excited about it. I think the only thing that, is subject to change is not the not the judge side it's it's more of i mean hicks can stay healthy and he he hasn't really shown that he can stay healthy for really you know, a whole year or anything like that so that's the only thing that i would maybe think could change but i mean if he yeah. is if he is healthy that's a damn good outfield and i love it but the other side of the coin you got geo at third base see geo is is kind of the opposite of what clint is clint we didn't know it was a good fielder. Like, there's a lot of question marks about it. Gio, we think, is a great fielder, or we know is a great fielder, but the analytics always say that he's not, and now he's actually finally getting some recognition. I mean, even we talk about MLB The Show a lot. He's a bronze fielder in MLB The Show. That's fucking dog shit. So when you, yeah. look, when you look at other th- – like, every metric, apparently, Gio wasn't the best at. But it's just – this is a good thing that Gio needs some respect at third base. He makes some absolutely jaw-dropping plays all the time. And I mean, I don't see the errors. I don't see where he's. He, that's that's just it. We've talked about it with Andrew and them. It's not the. You don't see the mistakes he makes because he's, I guess, slower to the ball. So he just doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't put his glove on it. So it makes you think that oh, he makes every single play because he does. It's just he doesn't get to a lot. But you know, if he's up there in the Gold Glove, I think yeah. he's getting his respect, and that's all I want out of him. Who's he going up against? Well, that's the thing. I was about to say like. Um, the, like all the gold gloves this year, at least for you know right, right field and and third base right now, they're going up against people who are not big names, not people you'd really think of as gold glove people. Like um, Yohan Moncada is obviously a big name on the White Sox, but he's not really known for his lights out fielding all the time, right? And he's a he's who's going up against, and then Isaiah Kinner Falefa, who like. Exactly. I don't fucking know, but that's who's going up against. Like, I don't know. Maybe the league decided to actually represent people who did well and they're not just big names. I have no idea, but it's, I don't know. I feel like it's a common trend with the, the nominees, the nominations this year. Chandler, you got any intel on Isaac Falufu? Isaiah Kinner, I want to say Falafel, but I don't know. I'm just looking at some website right now. I had nine defensive runs saved i don't know if that's right or not this is a weird looking way of putting it there but i mean this website has him ranked defensively only behind nolan arenado and all of baseball so Jeez. apparently he's pretty good no isaiah falafel matt but, chapman's not up there what happened to matt chapman he got hurt matt chapman died he like oh. broke his hip Right. I still kind of feel like he's probably up there in all the defensive categories. Even with well, that's what I'm team. saying. I feel like I feel like the big names are not there for some reason. I'm not I'm not mad about. It. I think it's great. But it's if just there's a year for Geo to win Gold Glove. It's this year because usually that's why it, we always have the conversation about Geo's defense and how it ranks against other third basemen in the league and the AL and the AL. There, you know, there's a lot of there's so many good defensive third baseman or just third baseman in in general third base is a very loaded position in terms of like household names and some of the names may not be you know performing as well and they still get more credit than geo does because they have a bigger name than he does for example like i don't know i mean my had a great year but he has a regardless even if he didn't he would probably get more recognition because he's a bigger name than geo 
obviously Gio's making a name for himself now, but you look at the guys like, you know, Bregman, he didn't really have the best year, and he's going to get more, I mean, MVP talks and, like, gold glove and all that stuff just because of his name and the offense, too. It's just he's been around the league a lot longer, so he's going to get more recognition. And then you look at guys like, obviously, the Matt Chapmans, and, you know, you never really think that Gio has a chance at a gold glove with guys like Matt Chapman blocking him. So if there ever was a chance for Gio to win a gold glove, it's right now, especially because, you know, Matt Chapman's not a finalist and he got hurt. So... Yeah, and Matt Chapman has won the last three Gold Gloves at third base, so I mean, he's won the they give you a chance too. Like he's he's yeah. the best defensive third baseman like every year, and Arenado is right behind him, but he's you know obviously in the NL. So uh, you know, I, my takeaway from both these things are Gio, this like th- this is this is no this is news for him because it puts respect on his name, and now going into his third year and being a finalist, even if he doesn't win it. This is a lot for him. Like this is a lot in terms of getting respect across the league as a third baseman and not being a fluke anymore. We yeah. know that, we know that he's not a fluke anymore just by watching every game and he can hit and he's clutch and he does all the things you want. He does he seemingly never does anything wrong. Yeah. And just getting your name out there to the people that don't necessarily watch every game and aren't Yankee fans. Now his his name is out there in the rest of the league and now we I think we if he continues to play like the player he is he can now be talked about as one of the top third basemen in the league. And now we'll have the conversations going forward this year. I could see it all throughout the year. We'll say, like, okay, now where does he compare compared to the other third basemen, like, you know, the, the, the Matt Chapmans and other people of the world. So I think yeah. that's big for Gio in terms of his respect. And I think same with Clint. And I think more so, I think Gio believed in himself, and this doesn't really – this boosts him, like, in terms of his, his own confidence in himself. But I think he's going to go out and be the player that he – always has been anyway i think clint benefits more from this internally just like like we said before he's gonna that that's his that's his uh that's how he plays he's a big DNA, yeah. he's a he's a uh momentum guy if he's doing well he's gonna do great if he's doing shitty he's gonna do awful yeah yeah so that's my takeaways from that and i'm very excited that they're getting recognition and especially because these are two guys when you think about before the season started who you'd pick to be gold glove finalist Maybe Gio, oh, Gio was pro- probably one that I'd pick. But like you said, with the people blocking him at third base, he probably doesn't have a good shot. But Clint was definitely, if you told me that before this year started, no way was I. I, I, I have a lot of faith in Clint, like I said, but there is no chance that I was no, picking would No, I would have picked every single other award before Gold Glove. Silver Slugger, sure, why not, right? Like all those are little awards, go for it. Yeah, great. Gold Glove? Get out of here. So I'm happy. I'm so happy it happened. I mean, you can here in right field. That's where, that's where Aaron Judge plays. So if you told me that Clint Frazier would be nominated for a uh, a Gold Glove before Aaron Judge this year, I'd tell you you're fucking crazy. But, yeah, especially in right field, it's yeah. crazy. I didn't even think about that. So that obviously we wouldn't predict Clint to be right field. I would have maybe predicted him to be left field because of the the Brett Gardner situation, but. I mean, for him to be the right field Gold Glove candidate, representative from the Yankees, I literally, I literally would have picked guys like you know, I mean, maybe Tanaka would win a Gold Glove because he's a great fielder, or that, like my picks would have been probably Judge Tanaka. Maybe, Anyone else in the Yankees? Gio, DJ could have. He, he already has one. I think he could have definitely gotten it again at multiple positions. I mean, there there is a lot of other options, and I'm glad that these guys are getting recognition because now it makes the entire team as a whole like a defensive unit. 
We don't really have that many holes defensively aside from, you know, Gary, who we're about to get into. We've already shit on him a lot last episode, but now we're luckily, l- lucky for him, we're talking about the catcher position to start off with this episode. And he's a catcher for now. Or I use the word catcher loosely because he's not really, he doesn't catch. So we'll get into yeah. that a lot. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the Stroman situation because I, I did talk about him last episode when we were breaking down the free agents and obviously starting pitching is one of the positions that we need to look at with big name guys like the Bowers of the world who's trolling the world and guys like Stroman who could have a great impact and actually are great players have played in New York and I I was a big supporter in getting Stroman I put him probably a little bit behind getting Darren O'Day but Darren O'Day (laughs) is definitely my number one acquisition behind number one my tier list, wish list, is DJ, Darren O'Day, and then the field. And I think the person who is the top of the field would probably be a Stroman. And I was big on him. I wanted him on the team. And I wanted to get your guys' reaction because I, I don't know how this alters my thoughts on him. But Stroman did say recently, this is a couple days ago, like right after we were talking about it, he said uh, – because Carabas was talking about Stroman is going to be a steal in the offseason. Teams that need pitching and don't bid on him are going to wish they did. Which I fully agree, and that's what we were basically talking about last episode. And Stroman responded to that and well, after Carabas said, Brian Cashman, direct quote, said that he is not a difference maker and he's not going to forget that. And, you know, that we talked about that before. That was like late, earlier last year. In, uh, that was during the trade deadline, right? Was that mm-hmm. last year or this year? That was last year. Last year. Last year. That was last year. So he he obviously, you know, took to social media about that, whatever. He's probably a guy who holds grudges. He says he isn't, but, you know, he definitely is. And, you know, I don't blame him. If somebody says you're not a difference maker, I mean, I'm not on the side of Cashman for that. If somebody can take a shot at you, then I'm going to take it kind of personally. It's my career. It's like looking at you, Damon, or me, and you tell me that you're, you're not a difference maker at Excel, and that's your everyday life or whatever you do. And it's just like, oh that hurt (laughs) yeah so so Stroman goes on to say besides Cole there are no current Yankee pitchers there's no current Yankee pitcher who will be anywhere in my league over the next five to seven years uh their pitching always folds in the end that lineup and payroll should be winning World Series left and right yet they're in a drought lol I don't hold grudges I'm open to compete wherever next year excited to see how free agency plays out so at first I was a little pissed at him Definitely not happy with those comments, but you know. What did he say that was wrong? He didn't say anything. I I just heard it and I overreacted. I was like, what the hell did he just say? I'm just saying factually, what is (laughs) everything in that uh, tweet seems pretty real to me. I mean, Uh, I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. thing. (laughs) Hit me with it. I like Marcus Stroman. Never hated Marcus Stroman. Always been a big fan of Stroman. You know, love the way he plays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, no Yankee pitcher will be in my league over the next five to seven years. That That's like, what, he's going to be 35? Cool. He's going to be 35 in five years, and that's, was, that's he's saying his peak? How old is Stroman now? He's 30 or 29. That's He's saying his peak is going to be 35 to 37? Yeah, I don't know. know. I mean, I, I would take I would take a twenty two year old, twenty one year old Devi Garcia over the next five to seven years than Marcus Stroman over the next five to seven years, without a fucking doubt. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I know I'm reading. I'm reading between the lines here, 
and I'm like picking it apart just to make conversation. But next five to seven years, it's like, cool. All right, great. You're going to be a, you know, coming, going out of the league. Not, not, no, no, no disrespect. Just saying you're going to be 40 years old, almost 40 years old. Great. You know, so that, and then the comment about winning a world series left and right. Cause they're in a drought, like, cool. Great. You know, when, when was the last winning team you've been on? I can't remember. You've been on the Blue Jays, the, you know, the Mets. Like, the, he's not like he's a championship caliber pitcher and he's proven that he's a champ, championship caliber pitcher that, um, you know, has been the playoffs left and right. Yeah, he's, so, th- he's throwing stones in a glass house because he really has, yeah. no, he has no accolades behind anything that he's done. I mean, aside from the World Baseball Classic, which was sick, but... I, I think I, I still like Stroman, and I still think that he would be an awesome. I would to this I team. would welcome him with open arms, one hundred percent. Certainly would take him over. Honestly, like we said before, I if you had to choose between, uh, like Taxton, uh, I just combined two people. I said Taxton and Tanaka. Paxton and Tanaka. I made Taxton. So if you had, I would honestly let both Paxton and Tanaka walk, and I would sign Stroman in a heartbeat. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And he won't cost that much either because you know what? He just took the year off, which adds to another. Like aspect to this, like who are you to talk right now? You didn't even play this year. Yeah, either he could have had the worst year in the world, and now he's just taking shots at the Yankees for not winning anything. Neither did you. You didn't play. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't blame him at all because there was a pandemic going on. So that's his choice. But I do think that he. I mean, he wouldn't cost as much as he maybe would have had he played. So we might get him for a good price if he does come. Yeah, he he is a little petty though. He blocked like half of Yankees Twitter. Did you like, see that? Like random people, like random people who we engage with every day on day to day Twitter. He blocked like half of them. Whatever. And and everyone was like so taking screen. <laughs> and everyone everyone was taking screenshots of saying like Marcus Stroman fucking blocked me because of one thing I said, and. Yeah. Like I, I mean I don't know That's I don't just, blame him for that I blocked plenty of people in Yankees Twitter There's a bunch of weirdos out there so definitely don't blame him for that Either way I think he would be a very big difference maker I agree with what Karaba said there I think if you if the move I would make would literally be let Tanaka and Paxton both walk They're both walking injuries and I mean Paxton's never really done much in a Yankee uniform He doesn't have any real reason I don't I don't really feel upset letting him walk Tanaka a little bit because I like Tanaka but you know. He's he's a walking Tommy John. He's just a, like it's waiting to happen. He's been putting it off forever, so I don't have confidence in that. And I want to I want to start cutting down the injury bug. And he's definitely one of those ones. So you're not like oh you're, he's definitely fully healthy, ready to go this year. I mean he got domed in the head this year, and that's not even related to his arm. And he yeah he, I mean you can't predict that, but that could happen to anybody. But you know there's definitely lasting effects from that. He got hit by a Giancarlo stand 120 mile per hour fastball. I think. And if you had to dump somebody, I think he's got a lot of like caution, cautionary things around him. So yeah, you're not going to sign him for another two, three years. It's just that's just not smart. No, but Stroman to me, I think he's a perfect fit. He's already played in New York. We've already talked about that. He's in cool. New York. He's a New York yeah. guy. Bring him in. I'm cool I with it. I love Stroman, and I really don't think Bauer is that likely. He's fucking with everybody on Twitter, and maybe that's what Stroman was trying to do. Maybe Stroman was just trying to like get a little Bauerness in him and just fuck with teams, and maybe that attracts more teams to him because the Bauer has been the troll of every single team so far, and maybe Marcus Stroman's like, huh, maybe I got to do that because that kind of fits what I do, and then just I feel like Stroman's sent this tweet out about it, like. Trevor Bauer kind of fucks with people on Twitter and stuff, and like you know, he's just trolling people. I, I think that uh, that Cashman comment kept Stroman up a couple nights. He's he's a uh, he's a little yeah. petty. 
social media, which I will say, but I mean, yeah, the dude no, was no. great. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, he was definitely. He took it to heart, and that was why he was making the comments. Bowers definitely, but Bowers doing it right though. Like in an age of social media, where you don't need like an agent to sell you, you could sell yourself, and just he has a lot of followers, and he's he's doing it right. He controls his market, and I mean, if he's, I mean, he's basically this is like putting ads out there for himself, just making himself available to any team. He's like, I don't. What team will I be on? He posted something like today. He's like, what team will I be on? Who this? And he put up the, yeah. the, the emoji after that. It was a weird picture of his face or something. And that's he literally, literally will go to any team. And it doesn't matter to him. And he's doing it right. And I think Strowman is kind of doing the same thing, trying to get – obviously, he sees Bauer getting a lot of buzz around his name. And he's also a free agent. So he's like, yeah, hey, what about me? And that's going to create some buzz for sure. And I definitely would like to have him. That's enough out of him. Yeah. What do you guys think about Game Four? That was wild. I don't want to talk too much about the World Series, and I honestly haven't really been watching that much about it uh, of it because you know, yeah, it's truth, not truth the be told, Yankees, so I don't really yeah. care that much. But I have been. It's been on in the background. But that Game Four was wild. Yeah, I I, I did rewatch the game because I heard it was so good, so I did like skim through it and and watched it. But that, that last inning, man, that was that's some good baseball. That's just that's the definition of baseball is fun. What uh, what everyone was saying, like that is, that's why you watch it. That was so cool. Well, it's some um, good, it's some good bad baseball, which is the best yeah, baseball. Say, that's got to destroy Kenley Jansen, like mentally. The dude's already struggling. Then you just make two errors on one play. Yeah, we fuck him, poor guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he is. He, Kenley Jansen is one of those ones that I like. He's he's exactly like the Chapmans of recent years in in the big moments he is a closer who can't close whatsoever he's like gary he's yeah. a, catcher, a catcher who can't catch I, I always find a way to drag gary through the mud in any situation not even related to catching so. but i mean rightfully so so i mean he seems like he seems like chapman chapman just can't close any big game and i mean i, I saw one video of, of uh kenley jansen and it was the exact same it was like a a video overlay is like one, top and bottom it was like two exact plays there was like the exact same thing happened i don't know if it was, the other one was earlier this year is against the angels versus what happened last night it's just i don't know if it's unlucky or just him being bad but either yeah. way that game was wild wild finish the only thing i wanted to talk about with this is like who do you think is gonna win because i i honestly still think they're i think it's gonna go seven still but i think the rays i think are they playing tonight tomorrow tomorrow see this is weird because it's the first series that they actually have days off like a regular playoff series yeah i uh i would love to see a game seven just as a baseball fan and i think it's possible because snell's pitching tomorrow and i think the well, dodgers are doing like a like a bullpen thing or something i'm not really sure um so i i think it's possible i would love i would fucking love to see a game seven and if we can get there I, i'm all for it yeah That'd be Give sick. And six. I don't want to. I'm tired of hearing about the Rays. I need. I need a four month Rays hiatus starting tomorrow. I yeah. can't. I can't hear about the Rays anymore and how they're scrappy and awesome. I, I yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm asking a lot for a Game Seven Dodgers win, but <laughs> I would. That's that's that would be ideal. Anyway, let's get into the heart of this episode. We'll talk about the catchers. We have this is yet to be named. We are going to make a a name for this series we're doing i know we have roll call for closer when, when the season's about to start where we talk about every player individually on the yankees for those of you who haven't listened to those they're little bite-sized 15 minute 
mini episodes where we just break down every player on the active roster. Naturally, we don't know who's going to be on the finalized roster, so we're not talking about that now. And, you know, after spring training gets underway, all that stuff. But right now, this is going to be more of a, of a preview of each position, who's at the position, who we think is going to start, free agents at that position, trades. It's going to be completely hypothetical and may not be have any like reasoning behind it or any actual basis at all, but it's going to be fun and we're probably going to shit on Gary today. So if you like doing that, stick around. <laughs> but so with the catcher position going forward, we, I think I know we've talked about this before. I think, I think Higgy's the starter opening day for sure. I, I mean, opening day is very easy to say because it's probably going to be Garrett Cole. It is, it's going to be Garrett Cole unless he's hurt. So, you know, the personal catcher thing is going to have Gary on the bench day one and yep. he's not going to be DHing because it's going to be Stanton. So Gary is bench day one. And I don't, I honestly don't see him starting in any game after that, unless it's a day off for Higgy because Higgy has proven that he's a starter. And I don't think that we should go back to the, the Gary train. What do you guys think? I couldn't agree more. I think, yeah, we've talked about this before, but just it needs to be re- reiterated because the the performance from Gary is just so unreliable and he he needs time to either pull himself out of a, a hole that he has dug so deep that is almost unable un, to get out of this hole because he's just been, you know, digging himself, digging himself, digging himself just such a bad player on both sides of the plate this last season. And Higgy has done the exact opposite and has thrived on both sides. Hitting has been like a, a huge kind of just like happy thing that just kind of happened. we had no idea he was going to even get a hit. And then we knew he was going to be a defensive player. So right now it was going to be Higgy. I, I have no other reason to say that. Sanchez should be catching. It, it should be Higgy, and he should be the catcher going forward. For, for right the, now. For right now. We're across I the board there, Sanchez will be starting week one, or game one, but for Gary. the Eddie Reds. Oh, okay. I mean. So let's break it down. So this, uh, this is what we're talking about, the catcher position. Maybe it's not somebody in-house that we have starting at catcher. Let's I get, think Higgy will still start. Let's get weird. I don't I don't think there's you, you any can't way. get you can't get rid of Higashioka. He no, has he's solidified. Oh, he, he just has got he has solidified his role for the next ten years. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I agree. Higgy's he's going to be a Yankee for as long as Garrett Cole is a Yankee. I mean, we all know I'm the biggest DD guy probably in the world. I've got a signed jersey sitting right above my desk. Even he is shitting on Gary and talking about how he needs to change the scenery. <laughs> And he's yeah, the nicest yeah. guy in the world. So yeah, get yeah. Gary out. I'm done with him. He can go be a Cincinnati Red and go fucking 60 and 102 every year. I don't care. See, get here's my him. here's my thing with the Gary situation and, and, and the trading. And people are saying trade Gary, trade Gary. Some people, not everybody. I don't see anybody who would want Gary as – I, his trade value could not be lower. His trade Give value could not be lower. of BP baseballs, and that's fine. I'll take that. That's about what he's worth, and that's I'm cool with it. We who can't use more. Baseballs? You don't sell a stock when it's about to go bankrupt. Like, you, like you just, I mean, there's no value in in trading him. Like, you're not going to get anything back, so you might as well hold on to him to get maybe hopefully gain a little bit of value. But the only thing I can see is he has value as a DH somewhere else because there is obviously he's never been a good catcher, 
and that's never happened. So I think a team can – it's fair to assume that he will never be. But the, the, lo- the small trade value that he does have is from being a hitter and hope somebody – like on the hunch, thinking that he'll come back to like 2017 when he hit all those bombs, and he obviously can hit home runs, and he's you know like they always say you know the fastest one of the fastest catcher catchers ever to 100 home runs behind like Mike Piazza or something like that. Yeah. Which I don't give a shit about if you're batting two Mendoza, whatever the fuck you're doing, that doesn't matter to me. But I think the only value he does have in a trade comes from that thought of a, oh maybe he could come back, and I'm done waiting for that possibility so maybe another team wants to take a chance on that and we obviously don't have a spot open at dh so maybe that's another like there's a universal dh now so that opens the door with a lot of teams that's going to be happening next year as well so i think if a team needs a dh and doesn't have one and i think a lot of nl teams don't have like that that cookie cutter dh because they have they haven't built their team around needing one of them which is why guys like nelson cruz are being mentioned around in other places because you know he's obviously a very good hitter and he's just a dh so i think the, the market for dhs is very big across the league now so if somebody wanted to take a shot on him i i have no problem giving him up for something very little in return but i mean maybe a pitcher yeah. or something just pitching depth maybe a, a bullpen arm i think that's a possibility so he could definitely get uh a moved in a trade and like i agree with Didi. i think he needs a, a change of scenery i think we talk about it all the time with people that get beat up by the new york media I mean, Gary gets beat up more than anybody by the New York media. And, I mean, self-inflicted, it's, it's warranted. He's been horrible. But yeah. sometimes that's all you need. I mean, Sonny Gray got beat up by the New York media. He was awful. He was just as bad as Gary is at his respective position. And now look at him. He's in the running yeah. for Cy Young, and he's an all-star. He's all-star back-to-back years. I don't know. There wasn't an all-star game this year. But dude's killing it. And you look at that, and you maybe put him in a small market team and a, a team where – you know, people aren't calling for his job and he's got like a solidified role on a bad team like the Reds or something else like that. The Reds aren't that yeah. bad. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think a change of scenery will help him. And yeah, I, I just don't know what the, what the value is and it, if the Yankees are willing to accept how little in return they're going to get. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I think that the, the small market team might be the play. And if we can get something for him, I think it's good. I, he's been kind of riding this wave since he had like an extraordinary month with like 10,000 home runs and he's been kind of riding that high streak and that's been keeping his job ever since that moment because he just hits a home run and we all forget about it and we we say that all the time but um but I, it's definitely possible because you know Brian Cashman said that it's certainly a fair question if Gary Sanchez is going to be the catcher in 2021 so it's definitely Higgy's job to lose right now and if we can, the only, the only issue is, is if, if we get rid of Gary Sanchez, we need to find a, a reliable backup catcher because a backup catcher is a big job. Roman's and, on the market. Roman, bring him back. Cool. I don't care. But we need to have a backup catcher. Romanites. Yeah, we need, we, we need to have a backup catcher and Gary Sanchez, I don't know. I, I don't have enough to say about how bad he is. And taking a look at the the free agent catchers that are even available to us next year. The average age of the available catchers is like 38. There, there's no real crazy good free agent catchers that we, we can even scoop up besides like a Remulto, but we're never going to get him. It's you'll, not even worth it. never say his name right. I don't want to say his name right. I think 
of all the real people real Amuto of all the people I've ever met, I think you are the worst at pronou- pronouncing new names. Anything. I'm just, no just I, names. I can't just pronounce names. anything. Anything, but I think the names are your are your bugaboo. Names and words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like real Muto. Uh another one earlier today you said something. I said falafel. Well, that, that's, that, that was that was a tough one. That's not that was on a tough you. one. It's not on you. There was a different one. It'll come back to me. But either way, looking at like you said, there's no spring chickens in this uh, free agent class. So when you look at guys like the, the the names I see are like Alex Avila, the the good ones obviously are like the James McCann who is 31. That's that's not bad. Eric Kratz could bring him back, but I mean Chandler's even said that he's basically a pitcher. Um, Next Tim Wakefield, and he would be the. He could be a personal catcher for Devi because they have a father-son relationship. That'd be sick. I honestly want to bring him back, but not as a catcher, as a coach. But, you know, obviously Boone's got his extra year yeah. that he's, he's bought himself. But then, I mean, there are obviously the names. The two names that I look at that mean anything to me are the James McCann and the JT Romuto. And I don't, I don't know that either of them are on the Yankees. I mean, it sucks because, I mean... I don't think the Yankees are going to be very spend happy, and everybody, as Yankee fans, want everything every year, and they're very, sh- they're very. Short- I could, we, we need we need them we need to allocate that the spend if we're going to spend it somewhere else because the catcher position isn't like the the holy grail that's going to pull his team together. Like right now, we need we have holes in obvious places that we need to fill, and the catcher position is not yeah scre- screaming at me in the face. Catcher position, I think offense as a whole is in a place where we need to spend any money. I think it's just a matter of health and get, the guys that actually are good getting right. And that's really what where I'm at with it. I mean, the, you, the glaring issue we've always seen was the, was the pitching on both the starting pitching and the bullpen. So I don't think this is a, are the biggest issue, especially with a guy who's very capable in taking over a team and, and do, just doing his job. I don't expect a lot out of Higgy. To be a starting catcher that's going to be, you know, make an all star team or anything like that or carry yeah. a team, but he's going to do his job. He's going to do a similar thing to what, you know, Romine did when his number was called. Romine, who again is a free agent, and, you know, if we trade Gary, bring Romine back. Then Romine Higgy situation, that's, that is so cool with me. Two guys who can catch and will just do their job as hitters, and, you know, they won't win you a game. Sometimes they will. Romine had a few walk offs, but they're not going to, like, consistently put up like video game numbers in in the box but you know they're going to catch first and foremost and that's all i need out of a catcher and the, the limited money we do have to spend this off season because of covid or whatever and apparently we got hit harder than any team in the league but you know i don't i don't see that as an excuse at all like i said before because they have the biggest <laughs> amount of money that's been saved and over the years and they'll get obviously all the money back next year. So it's not an excuse, but either way, I don't see us spending a lot. And if people want Bauer, that's definitely not going to happen. I don't think, Yeah, I I think the, the spending that we're going to do is going to be, you know, counting our dollars for the internal, internal contracts. We're going to have to give out like the DJs and then the future contracts, like the judges, maybe work out an extension with him. Uh, Other people on the team, like maybe re- bringing back a Dellen or like we said before, bringing back, you know, or bringing a Darren O'Day who I would give any amount of money to. And it's probably yeah. going to be not much. So I think money well spent this off season is not going to be on a catcher. Long story short, it's going to be spread around at a bunch of arms, bunch of weird gritty 
like sidewinders, scrappy. scrappy guys. And that's the best way you can approach this offseason. Like we, we've been talking about this, but just spread it amongst a bunch of players. Because if we get, let's say we do get, you know, Real Muto. Let's say we do get Bauer, one or the other. That's it. That doesn't solve all of the issues. It's like the situation where uh, the Angels, when they were getting free agents and, you know, they made the trade for Jock Peterson at the time when he was on the team for like a day and it didn't go through because the Bruce Dog Gratterall thing. But like everybody was trolling them and saying, Angels, repeat after me. Jock Peterson yeah. does not pitch. So like it's just not going to solve our main issues. And yeah. if we do go after guys like that, it doesn't. Like that's that's it. We're not putting any money on anybody else's plate. I obviously the Bauer thing would help, but I really don't I don't see that happening. Yeah. So I agree. Most realistic, like decent option is Stroman. And I don't even yeah. think that's that realistic. But I don't if think I had that's to that that unrealistic. Goal. Because if you think about it, that means that we're get letting if we're if we're letting Tanaka and Paxton both walk, that's money off the books twice as much money as he's going to cost off the books. He's going to cost about the same as one of them. So I think if we let both of them walk, then he fills the void of one of them. And then we got the extra money to put in the salary cap or, you know, pocket it because they don't want to spend too much money. But I think in terms of, see, that wouldn't be overspending. That would be underspending in the current budget that we have. So I think that isn't unrealistic to get him. But I think at Bauer, obviously, and a Real Muto, those are not going to happen. So I think I do think if we let both of them walk, we have to sign a starting pitcher. So he would be a very likely scenario in that case. So I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna sign like Robbie Ray or some shit. For some reason, they love Robbie Ray. He's linked to the Yankees every year. He's gonna come in and walk yeah. like sixteen people a game. Can't have Great that. Work. Can't have that. Robbie but. Ray would just be more of the same. I don't want Robbie Ray at all. And we've he's been like in and out of the Yankees talks for the last two years and i have never been excited about it and i'm not any more excited about it now i mean you look at his numbers since he was like we were going to trade for him like two years ago and since then he's been just bad like he's not been good he's been exactly like if not worse than the pitchers that we do have like montgomery's and people like that so like what is robbie ray he gets high strikeouts great but he's like out of you know he walks everybody so i don't know there's not very good names outside of the, like the, the, the biggest names that we've been talking about. So I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. We're just Dude, spinning, spinning the wind here, but I know Robbie Ray's only 29. I thought that guy, you could have told me he was 43 and I wouldn't have batted it. <laughs> yeah. I, I 100% thought that he was like one pitch away from turning into dust. So I guess that's something to hang your head on. Yeah. I do not want to see Robert Ray on the team. I do not want to see Gary oh, Sanchez. God, no, I'm just trying to pre-justify it like in my head. <clears throat> I'm going to react if we do something stupid like that. I have to be able to like come to terms with it, so I'm going to start now. <laughs> so, to recap, goodbye, Gary. Goodbye, Tanaka. Goodbye, Paxton. Hello, Stroman. Hello, Darren O'Day. Hello, Darren O'Day. Welcome to this. I'm buying a jersey day one. I'm making a jersey. I'll just I'll, I'll make one right now. Grab a white T-shirt and just draw O'Day on the back. Cut off the sleeves. Yeah, draw the pinstripes in myself. All right, we're talking about nonsense now. That'll it. do it from us. Next week we're gonna start doing these uh, position breakdowns. Not sure which one's gonna be next week, but it'll be another position. Obviously, we'll talk about whatever news comes up, and we'll ask for your DMs so you can either ask questions or call into the show on the voicemail line. Peace. Right there, right there, right there.
I need a coffee with a sugar and a couple of creams, okay, I got it, bet, bout to fuck up the scene, and what you need, I got a new flavor, I don't do favors, cause you actin' extra extra like a newspaper, seeing your tweets and I read all about it, still don't smoke tree but the weed all around me, Everyone is talking about magnesium, it's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.